again, OUAZ Spirit fans. My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you for joining us again for yet another edition of the Founders Podcast. Our special guest today, OUAZ women's and men's head golf coach, Tina Barrett. Uh, Tina, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Seth. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we appreciate it. I know a lot of people um, who watched the Spirit Tailgate a couple weeks ago or uh, know you well from the shrimp bisque. You took us on a, a great ride, a little bit different in terms of, um, you know, t- typical tailgate food, but a shrimp bisque is um, always a good way to go. Um, you're from the Northeast, from Baltimore, uh, where football, particularly the NFL football, has been big between the Colts and uh, now the Ravens. Is seafood and, and soups, I know it gets cold there in the winter, but is that a big tailgate food out there for um, those folks? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge tailgater. I haven't done it a lot. Uh, my brothers and sisters uh, go to Ravens games and tailgates and um, that kind of thing now, but definitely Old Bay on anything. Uh, you know, French fries, popcorn, um, anything you want, you, you want, you can put Old Bay on. Uh, and it, it makes it better. Uh, so, um, yeah, but I think uh, there's definitely, um, I know they have crab cakes uh, at, at Oriole Field, um, you know, Camden Yards there. Uh, Boo Pow has, um, you know, specialty seafood stuff there too, um, you know, at, at Oriole Field. So I would imagine they have it at the Ravens Field too. Um, you know, Phillips Seafood's a pretty popular place uh, downtown Baltimore there and um, right by the stadium and so definitely people are, are getting their seafood mix before they they head to the football games have you been able to find any good seafood out here I know um, obviously being in Baltimore you're a little bit closer to the actual <laughs> sea and Arizona has been knocked more than a few times from its seafood but have you been able to find a, a good place or two out here uh, absolutely not. Uh, we, I am, uh, my husband jokes how I'm a seafood snob, actually. Um, I will not get crab cakes except for anywhere, uh, in Baltimore. Um, and, uh, but occasionally, uh, when we go back at Christmas, we always bring crab cakes back home. Um, you know, you can get Obey in the grocery stores here, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, no, no, uh, no seafood. Um, obviously, there's other kinds of seafood here that, that are, that's good, but nothing like Baltimore. I feel the same way about uh, Mexican food. Uh, if it's not um, in the southern United States, whether it be California, Arizona, Texas, Colorado has some, but uh, outside of that, I won't. <laughs> I'm kind of like you in that department where I won't. <laughs> I'm not in for it. So, um, But I think something that uh, I've been in for and a lot of people have been in for um, in regards to OUAZ is the golf team. Uh, the men's team was uh, looking at a second consecutive conference title um, and potentially a, a nationals title as well, winning a national championship as a team. The women's team has been very well or was very good heading in um, to the spring part of the season. Um, when everything got stopped, obviously it was disappointing for both teams who had huge expectations, both in the conference and nationally, but how would you rank your team's performance? And, you know, given everything that's happened now, obviously you have to give a little bit of an assessment, but what is, what are those kind of final thoughts and final takeaways from this season? Yeah. I'm super disappointed that we weren't able to, um, you know, finish what we had started uh, on the men's side. Uh, I have no doubt we would have competed for a national title. Um, you know, I thought back of last Friday uh, and that would have been the final day 
Um, and it would have been so much fun to, to see how my guys would have done. And I, I really feel very strongly. Uh, kind of the hard part of our season was coming up, uh, putting ourselves, uh, testing ourselves against some good competition and some tournaments we had coming up. Uh, and I think that would have prepared us uh, really well for the national tournament. Uh, everything was kind of set up for us, uh, you know, with, with uh, hosting um, conference and then having nationals be in Arizona this year. Um, everything was kind of set up perfectly for us. Uh, you know, that being said, it was an amazing year. Uh, I don't know that it will ever be topped, to be honest, with all the wins that we had. Um, you know, we won every tournament but one, and that when we shot like 25 under. So it was just like ridiculously good. Um, you know, amazing. I was really proud of the guys, uh, not only for their play on the course, but how they conducted themselves off the course, in the classroom, um, around campus. Uh, we had a great vibe this year. Uh, on the men's side. And then on the women's side, uh, same thing. I, I honestly have no doubt, um, you know, we weren't favored to win conference, but I, I felt really, really good about our team uh, and our chances on, on winning conference and making it to nationals. Um, you know, we had senior leadership, we have young, enthusiastic, great talent, um, you know, and I really felt good about our chances. Um, we won our first two tournaments ever in history this past year. Um, and we have a great foundation uh, kind of going forward. So, um, you know, same thing on our men's side. Uh, you know, we're losing a couple good players, um, but we should be strong next year. I really, really like uh, the team we have coming back. And then, um, you know, some recruits that I have coming in as well. And same thing on the women's side. We're just going to keep uh, building on what was, you know, kind of as kind of flowing as, as we were kind of getting this thing going. We got, like I said, there's nothing you can do, uh, but it doesn't mean that we can't keep building uh, on what we built on um, and trying to do it again next year. Yeah, you mentioned that, um, you know, on both sides, losing a lot of good players on, you know, like you said, the men's side competing for nationals, the women's really starting to gain some steam. And one of those players you're losing on the men's side is Noah Hoffman, who, um, announced last week he's a finalist for the Jack Nicholas Award. Um, just a, an outstanding player for this program. What has Noah meant for not only uh, OUAZ golf, but uh, for you as a coach, whether it be a head coach or an assistant coach? And, and what is it like to have a special player like that in your program so early on? Yeah, I think uh, I think the, the good thing about him is like, like he came in, uh, you know, as a great player, um, and he played well last year. He won a tournament, um, but he wasn't uh, he wasn't as good as he was um, this year. Obviously, as as he played last year, he played amazingly well this year. Uh, you know, obviously being nationally ranked, but I think that showed um, all the other players like the work that he put into becoming the player that he turned into this year. Um, and I think, and any time uh, that I had any kind of uh, guys that, that were like, what's Noah doing? Like I had a lot of guys come in and say, what's Noah doing? You know, what's he doing so much better? And they could look at him and say, like his short game has really improved a lot. Um, you know, he hits it great, but his short game is really what, what set him apart. Um, and his work ethic, uh, you know, and he became a good leader for our team as well. So all those things put together, his maturity, um, you know, and so we can point to that. The other great thing about that is now he's trying, he has since turned professional, 
uh, made his first cut today. Uh, so he'll make his first money as a professional tomorrow, um, which is really cool. So now I can, um, you know, I can point to recruits that have that, that dream of becoming a professional golfer. Now we have someone uh, from Ottawa, uh, you know, that has now turned professional and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, he'll have great success and, and come back and, and talk to the team, kind of like big, big D1, you know, big PGA Tour players do. So that's, that's my, I think he can do it. I think it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of work on his part, but if anybody uh, can do it, I think he's, he has the motivation and the game for it. Yeah, and uh, that the Jack Nicholas Awards, uh, it's all top, uh, top collegiate golfers between divisions one, two, and three. Uh, NCA, NAIA, as well as NJCA. Some of the past winners, some real great names, Justin Thomas, uh, Phil Mickelson, Arizona State star, and uh, this uh, little-known golfer named Tiger Woods also won that award. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Um, so. It'd be a special, special company for him to join. And um, when you look at the program as a whole, on both the men's and the women's side, uh, I know you've been doing a, a lot of recruiting and a great job recruiting. We saw um, a, a new recruit from the men's side uh, appear in the tailgate. Um, but what is that like when you are trying to um, piece together a program and, and piece together teams where you didn't have a resolution to this last season? You'll never, you know, we can only guess for years to come, but how do you make sure you restack your team and so you can go into next year and say, okay, yeah, we weren't able to get the finish in terms of actually playing we wanted, but now we're back and, and we're staying with the same chances we had last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's the key thing is, is just kind of keep replacing and keep adding to the team that, that was built so spectacularly well that from my uh, former boss, Clayton Sikorsky, I mean, he did an amazing job building our team uh, and all the recruits, all the guys on the team now are kind of, uh, you know, they're my guys, but they, they were recruited by him. Um, and so, you know, that's the challenge. Um, we definitely get some more looks because we were so highly uh, ranked, though. Um, I definitely get more, um, you know, junior college guys kind of making inquiries and that kind of thing. So um, I think when I tell them about all of the uh, positives of our university, um, our flex term, our, um, you know, our schedule, our commitment to athletics, um, you know, uh, my philosophy on uh, how I run practice, how I run, uh, you know, uh, workouts and, and qualifying and all the things that go into how I run my program. Um, you know, I'm hoping that that's, that's going to get them in and, um, you know, want to get in good players, but also really good students and good teammates that, that want to get better um, and um, bring them in, get them, you know, playing with other guys, they're going to get better. And, and, and that's our goal. Um, I think pretty much everyone that played last year got better. And, and that's my, my message to, uh, you know, the guys coming in, uh, you're going to come in good weather. You can play all year, which is great for golf. Uh, we have some great facilities. We have a lot of, um, a lot of huge positives at Ottawa. I love Ottawa and, and what we're doing as a university. And it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's fun to, to talk about it and, and all the unique things that we offer. And, and, and that's what I try to get across to uh, my recruits. And, you know, like I said, they're going to get better and that, and that gets us better as a team. Um, you mentioned practice and that's one of those things where 
I think a lot of people on the outside, including myself, think, well, how does a golfer practice just go out there and just shoot 18 holes for the heck of it, right? Like, that's how you get better. But um, can you give us a little insight on what does a typical day of golf practice look like um, for both programs? Obviously, you're working with both sides, but what does a daily practice look like um, for a college golf team? Well, it's never the same, um, and that's kind of uh, uh, how we like to do it. Um, you know, occasionally we'll set up drills and stuff that will have more of what we call a structured practice. Um, that's usually about once a week for everybody. Um, and we'll set up drills and we kind of tailor that around uh, some weaknesses that we observe um, in their games. Um, and then also have some kind of games against each other. So it's competition and so it matters. Um, other days we, we do, we just go play as many holes as we can and uh, there's guys playing against each other in, in games like that as well. Um, and then there's qualifying. And so qualifying is a series of rounds uh, and the lowest round then gets to play in the tournament. And so uh, a week will consist a little bit of all of that. Um, it kind of changes, like I said, daily, um, you know, and, you know, with our team, we kind of rotate, I rotate around the different groups that are out at the different courses uh, each week. So. It's kind of how we do it. <laughs> well, it sounds uh, fun, but it's also a good way to keep competition in practice, right? Like you said, uh, play, you know, players playing games with each other and, you know, doing the drills to shore up some weaknesses. And I'm on paper, it's hard to see where uh, there's any weaknesses on either team, but uh, that's why uh, such a great coach like yourself is there to make sure they push it to the next level. And for you, you've been with the program since its inception in 2017, mm -hmm. but um, you came on as an assistant coach. You got to see the school grow um, as from the a view of an assistant coach. What was that like um, to see the growth and you know, as you transformed uh, into the head coach? We'll touch on that in uh, just a minute, but what was that like to see kind of the transformation of the school uh, in your eyes as an assistant coach? and? then as you, your role expanded, you know, just to see what it's grown into now? Um, I think I have a, a little bit of a unique perspective uh, in that I wasn't a college coach before. So um, I think everybody else that, that came in um, had had some coaching experience. I actually hadn't. Um, I played in college. I was coaching uh, for the first tee, which is young kids, but not, never a college coach before. So I kind of grew with the school a little bit. Um, so it was perfect opportunity for me to come in brand new program. Um, so I don't really know a lot different, uh, which is maybe good and, and bad. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear people saying things sometimes I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, so I had to kind of, I kind of learned, um, on the, on the ropes uh, or just kind of like, uh, like I said, it just kind of was the, as it was growing, I was growing as a coach. And so, um, to now see where it is and see where I've grown to is, is, is kind of interesting the way that that all worked out. Um, but again, like all I, my first impression um, when I came to the school and I did the tour with Clay on top of the building, like everybody has talked about, um, same thing. I mean, he gave me the same tour that he gives, uh, he gave recruits, um, you know, when we were talking about me getting the job and, um, you know, to see it come from there. But I, I, my first impression was just like, the people that I met uh, were so enthusiastic and so excited and had such a, a, 
an amazing vision that I knew it was a place that I, I wanted to be. Um, and so, uh, you know, hearing Dr. Tyner speak and Kevin speak and, and just the passion and, and Dr. Eichner and just hearing the passion that they have for this place, it's, it's just, it's just uh, you know, it's, it's inspiring really. And then also just like the family atmosphere too. Um, you know, I, I don't have all the kids that everybody has, but I love like seeing everybody with their kids and their families and, you know, so-and-so's with this and, and they're all married and they're all like, you know, it's, it's, it's a great family atmosphere. So. You talked about not having any college coaching experience. Like you said, uh, you were working at the first tee, um, coaching the, the youth levels. How are you discovered as, as a coach? And what was that first <laughs> conversation like about uh, making the move over to OUAZ? Well, I had actually left the first tee um, and was um, kind of looking for my next thing, uh, whatever that was going to be. Um, I wasn't in a huge rush. I wanted to uh, take a little time. Um, but I spoke with uh, um, who was the executive director at the Junior Golf Association um, and told him that I might be looking. And so um, I guess Clayton, uh, you know, sent an email and said he was looking for an assistant, a female. And so, um, you know, uh, Scott recommended me and then I met with uh, Clayton and the former uh, GA Dave um, and came to came to the school like I said I got the tour and then uh, you know just kind of talked about golf and um, we had a lot in common and uh, you know uh, we had a really great conversation and, and then one, kind of one thing led to another and um, I was super excited to get into the business um, uh, when I was playing on the tour, I, uh, a friend of mine, uh, she got into coaching and she didn't really like it. And I think, so I think I didn't really pursue it much when I retired from the tour. Um, then I took the job and I'm like, I don't understand what she meant. It, it's awesome. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know why she didn't like it. So, um, you know, I, I, it just goes to show you, you have to make your own impressions on things. So. What is the biggest difference between coaching the youth the younger kids and, and coaching the college kids? Well, um, I mean, the youth that these, the, my players now um, kind of want to play. A lot of times youth, uh, the parents kind of put them in the program, um, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's the one thing. Uh, the second thing is, um, you know, college coaching is kind of more all encompassing. Um, you know, we would, we develop relationships with them. I think that's kind of the thing that's the same um, is the relationship-based kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, we add them for an hour a couple times a week and that was about it. Um, here, I'm, I'm pretty involved in my players and, and what they're doing and I care about them and how they're doing in the, in the classroom as well as on the golf course. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a lot more involved. Um, you know, obviously, they also are a little bit more responsible than a five-year-old. I don't have to worry about them, uh, you know, hitting each other with golf clubs and that kind of thing, playing swords, and doing that kind of fun stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a, a huge difference, like, you know, but I always tell people like my kids have now gone on to college and now I'm, I'm coaching them there. So for my first days, so days. What was the biggest, I guess, surprise for you? as a coach, right? Like you said, you never coached in college before. What was the biggest surprise as um, a collegiate coach and being in your first experience as a collegiate coach? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I really think the surprise was how much I, I loved it. 
and like I said, uh, my friend, like she didn't like it at all. And I thought it was the best thing ever. So um, I will say, uh, you know, transitioning from assistant to head coach was, uh, you know, a lot more work than I, I, I actually realized, um, you know, uh, more time, um, a little bit more work than, than I think I realized when I transitioned to head coach. I didn't, I maybe didn't give Clayton enough of credit for how hard he was actually working. So um, as an assistant, uh, you know, you don't have nearly the responsibility uh, as it is, is your own program. And so um, even though I took on some responsibility uh, as an assistant, it, it still wasn't kind of all mine. And so, um, you know, last summer trying to acclimate myself to becoming the head coach is, was, um, you know, I expected a, a summer as an, as an assistant of just being kind of just relaxed. And instead I was like, uh, had a lot of stuff to do, but um, it's great. Like, you know, so. As you mentioned last summer, you took over the head coaching job. Uh, Clayton Sikorsky ends up going to Grand Canyon University to be an assistant coach. Um, so what was, how did you get the news that he was going to head over to GCU and when did you find out and kind of realize, okay, I'm going to become the head coach and this is going to be my program and I'm taking over? Yeah, um, it came about pretty quickly, you know, the end of the season. And, uh, you know, he told me, uh, you know, right when he told Kevin that, that he was considering it. Um, and then I actually found out that, uh, and then I became the, um, the interim coach uh, for, for a bit. Uh, and then I actually found out that I got the position on my birthday last year. So uh, that was a very nice birthday present. So, um, you know, I uh, immediately reached out to all the players and just kind of let them know that uh, I was going to continue uh, all the good work that he did. Um, you know, and then over time, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I put my own spin on it. Like I said, all, all the players are the ones that he recruited. And so, um, you know, like I said, he did an amazing job. Um, I went to him with a lot of questions, a lot of advice, and, um, you know, it's, it was a pretty smooth transition, I would say, uh, just because the guys felt and the girls felt very comfortable with me. Um, he was very good at uh, uh, letting me, uh, like I said, as an assistant, I took on responsibility of uh, kind of helping a lot at, at tournaments with the, with the women's team um, and would help with the men's as well. He was, he was very good at, at, at uh, giving me responsibility like that, so... Um, that part of it was pretty smooth because I had a good relationship with all the players. So. Do you think that helped that you were, you know, you went from the assistant coach into the head coach instead of, you know, maybe you were hired somewhere else on the outside and now you have to build 13, 14 brand new relationships, you know, however many players you have. Do you think it was helpful that you already had those relationships in place and that was one less thing you had to worry about heading into yeah. this season? I think for sure. Um, I think it helped them too, like the familiarity of uh, the program. Um, at the end of the day, uh, they just want to play golf and, and, and want to get an education and, and want to have a great experience at Ottawa. And I think the transition was really smooth um, from Clay to me. And, and he's still around, so um, it's not like they, they don't see him and, and that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I think that definitely was, was helpful. What was the biggest thing that you were nervous about in becoming a head coach and how were you able to kind of overcome that or, or handle with uh, that nervousness about a certain aspect? Um, I think recruiting, you know, is always, 
you know, a little bit because, you know, recruiting is basically your whole thing about being a coach, uh, you know, bringing in players that are going to fit in with the system and, and uh, fit in with OUAZ and be good players and be good people, um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, making sure that we are having the budget right and all those kind of things. Um, I, 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 I like numbers and all those kind of things, but just making sure that, that we get in the right amount of people um, that we're helping kind of further the mission of Ottawa, growing the program and, and bringing in the right people. Um, and so, you know, it's my, been my first year. I did some recruiting, but mostly did women, uh, you know, as an assistant. So uh, taking over, uh, you know, both programs and, and, and doing the uh, recruiting for both programs. It's been, it's been really fun, but I've had to kind of step outside of my box and I don't love that part of it yet, um, getting there. Um, but if I'm to be perfectly honest, uh, you know, so, and he is like an amazing recruiter. So it's, uh, you know, it's just trying to, to fill those large shoes well, I, I think you've done a great job so far. We're definitely going to see uh, come next season. But yeah. um, what are you looking forward to most next season? I mean, obviously, getting able, being able to play through a full season is probably uh, priority number one that you're looking forward to. But what are some of the other things you're looking for in both programs as 2020-2021 starts to come upon us? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I miss the players. It's been too long. You know, they left in March and – um, I can't wait till they get back on campus and uh, just the everydayness of, of seeing them at lunch in the cafeteria and, um, you know, see them at practice every day and, and uh, you know, see them at workouts and, and all those kind of things. I, I miss that. But I also look to, um, you know, I want to see, it's a really cool year because it's our fourth year. And so all the, all the players that came in in the very beginning that started our program are going to be graduating and it's been amazing to watch their progress. Uh, and it should be a really huge celebration of that first class. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, even though, you know, every year you have seniors that leave and that's kind of sad, but, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to them coming in and being celebrated as they should be as the founding members of, of, you know, the first class of OUAZ and they are graduating in May next year. So that's really exciting. Um, as far as golf goes, um, I, you know, I had three freshman girls that, that played really well. I've got uh, some others coming in that are really, really good. So we should be continuing to get better. And on the men's side, same thing. Uh, I have a lot of returners. And like I, I was saying earlier, I have some really good players coming in. So can't wait to start competing again and, and, and see what they can do. Well, another good player um, who had a great career is yourself. You played 19 <laughs> years on the LPGA Tour. I mean, the, the list of accomplishments is amazing. 53 top 10 finishes, um, three holes in one. You led the LPGA in driving accuracy um, in 2006. So, I mean, the list of accomplishments is uh, a podcast in itself. But um, – <laughs> What was that like playing in the LPGA? I mean, you played um, in parts of three decades and, um, you know, a career that lasted nearly two full decades in terms of total years. What was that like playing in the LPGA? And how did the sport grow as uh, the focus and the attention on women's sports uh, became bigger as, as time went on? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, I, 
I really look back fondly on my, at my time uh, of playing. Um, I always said it was a hard way to make an easy living um, when I was playing. If, if, if you played well, you were rewarded really well. Um, you know, uh, it was fun getting yourself in contention. It was fun seeing how well uh, you could play, how you held up under pressure some weeks and some weeks you didn't. Um, just the, the competition of that and, and trying to test yourself against the best players in the world. Um, in addition, I love traveling. Um, I, and so um, I loved going to different places. Uh, I was able to meet all kinds of people. I went to Japan. I went to Australia. I went uh, all different kinds of countries to play golf. And that was an experience I wouldn't have if I wasn't playing. Um, and so it was amazing. Um, you know, we were always kind of like, uh, you know, second fiddle as a, as a woman's sport. Um, we were the and still are the longest running women's sport, but it's great to see now how women are now um, starting to gain a little bit in the recognition and, and getting, uh, getting kind of more what we deserve. Um, you know, uh, me being a coach, it, like last year when it happened and I coach men's team, uh, there's very few uh, women that coach men's teams um, on any level, uh, you know, uh, so uh, hopefully I'm making like a little bit of progress with that as well. Um, you know, I, I, you know, so I just, I love watching uh, women excel and, and get the due that they deserve. Well, I think you make an excellent point about women coaching men's team. When you look at uh, just in sports in general, right? None of the four major professional sports teams um, have women head coaches. Um, and even at the NFL level, some, um, there haven't really been any full-time either, um, assistant coaches. So, um, you're definitely making a, a big mark in, in trailblazing at a school that, um, has been known for, uh, blazing its own path throughout the, yeah. the West Valley and, and surprise. And again, even though you weren't the head coach, you've been around since, um, August of 2017 and you've seen how this school is slowly built what was it like the first time you were able to walk into the Odell Center and see the finished arena and see your own office? You weren't sharing cubicles or <laughs> sitting, you know, cafeteria style inside a founder's hall. What was that like when you got to see the finished product and know that, okay, this isn't just something we're dreaming about anymore. This is something that's actually there and that will be sitting here for hopefully a long time to come. Yeah, it's amazing. I loved when it was being built, like watching it go up every single day and coming over, we had, a, we had our offices were just, when we got offices, finally, they were kind of, you know, uh, about a mile away. So we would have to drive over every day um, and then watching it go up and, and trying to get in the building. And then we got in the building and it was just, a, it's just like a, a tremendous amount of pride, I think, uh, is, the, is, is kind of the emotion that I had. Uh, just so proud of being part of of the university that came, you know, that that was being built right before our eyes, um, and and being a very very small part of that is just amazing, um, you know, and and you know, and loving it really. I mean, loving all aspects of it, uh, the good, the bad, and all of it, and just the pride that I have in, in being a coach here. Well, uh, in that new office, uh, you and I discuss hockey a lot, particularly yeah. Arizona Coyotes hockey. And everybody knows the stereotype about hockey players that when the season's over, um, they go out and they golf. And uh, there's a reason that stereotype is there because they normally do. Um, 
how did you um, yourself get into hockey? Where did your love of hockey come from? And um, I know you're a Coyote season ticket holder. And so mm -hmm. what's your excitement about the proposed plan for the NHL to return? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I became a hockey fan through marriage. Uh, my husband grew up uh, a Rangers fan, actually. He's from New Jersey. Uh, his dad's uh, law office had season tickets. And so he went to some games and became a hockey fan. And when they uh, the Coyotes came here, um, we actually shared season tickets with three other couples. And then the next season we shared with one other couple and the next season we said, we're getting them on our own. We don't want to share anymore. So we've been uh, season ticket holders uh, actually since then. Um, the first time I ever went to a game, I just loved it. I was like, Oh, it's kind of like soccer, but on ice. And it's just, it's fast. It's fun. Um, you know, there's really nothing like it. Uh, he used to watch hockey on TV before the coyotes came. And I'm like, what are you watching? You can't even see the puck. And now I watch every game. We get center ice. We, we watch uh, every game. So I'm super excited that, uh, you know, the Coyotes were not looking great to make the playoffs. They still haven't officially made the playoffs, but they made the play in. Uh, and so, hey, you never know. We got some guys back, and I think we got a shot. Everybody's got a shot, right? So um, it'll be fun to watch hockey again, that's for sure. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, but it is, it's been fun. It's been, um, you know, my dream is just, to be at the game where we finally win the Stanley cup and, and say to all those haters in Canada that, ah, we did it. So, um, you know, uh, that's my dream. <laughs> I can dream. Well, how ironic would it be that this would be the season they win the Stanley cup when no fans are in attendance. That'd <laughs> yeah, be exactly. That would so be perfect tough. though. We'll take it. Um, that's right. You'll take anything you can get. Uh, now, are there any golfers that, turn the stereotype 180 where in the off season, um, uh, the off season quote unquote of golf that any of those guys go out and play hockey, maybe including yourself. I do not play hockey. I can't skate. <laughs> I'm from Baltimore. We had ice, but not much. Um, yeah, I definitely have some players uh, that, that played hockey. Uh, I have a bunch of Canadians on my team um, that played uh, Caden Nicholson. He'll be a sophomore next year. Um, he played hockey. Uh, Carter Lewis, who was uh, really good for us and graduated in December, was a good hockey player. Um, and so uh, anytime I um, uh, recruit a Canadian, we, we definitely talk hockey for a while. So, um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, the other thing about hockey is like sticking up for your guys um, that I really like. And so I think that really translates into somebody I want on my team. Um, and so if they're, if they're playing hockey, they probably have a lot of speed through the ball, which is good uh, with a slap shot. And then, you know, like I said, they stick up for their guys. So I like that. Well, when you're talking about uh, shooting, obviously it's a little bit different than hitting the golf ball, but uh, it's kind of the same in terms of using your hips, using your legs, getting all right. the power from there. So a lot of similarities and uh, maybe one day, fingers crossed, we can keep dropping hints about a potential hockey program at OUAZ. Who knows? There Who we knows? Go. So, um, but as the school keeps growing, um, teams getting better, you're one of those teams, the men's and the women's, that continues to get better every year. So going into the next season, in your mind, what has to happen, whether it be, you know, results-wise, whether it be wins, whether it be a trip to national, whatever that may look like, what does next year have to look like to feel like you as a program and you as a coach has 
taken a step forward and, and are continuing the progress that you're making throughout the first three years? That's a good question. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit uh, hard in the beginning to live up to what we did that last this last year on the men's side, uh, winning all those events. Um, you know, we, like I said, we won like every single event we played in practically. So, um, you know, that just doesn't happen a lot. Uh, and so I think balancing expectations, um, you know, my goal for my players is to have a great experience at, at Ottawa. Um, that includes competing in a national championship. Um, you know, that's our, our boss's uh, thing is, is he wants uh, our players to compete in a national championship at least once in their career. Uh, that would be my goal for our men's team for sure. And for our women's team, continue to grow again, have good experiences. Um, and I would think we can uh, qualify for nationals next year. I, I have a lot of faith in my players, uh, the players I'm bringing in uh, on both sides and, and feel like we're going to be there on both uh, sides. So um, that's kind of more of like an outcome goal. Um, you know, that's something that I'm, I mean, I, I'm now saying it on a podcast, but I, you know, I won't be totally talking about that in the first meeting, obviously. Um, you know, my goal as a coach is just to uh, make sure that my players are getting better, to make sure they're having a great experience, uh, you know, on the golf course, in the classroom, uh, you know, uh, spiritually and also socially. And, and uh, you know, if they do that and do the right things uh, with the talent that we have, I, I feel really confident about the season that we'll have coming up. I think uh, a lot of people who've followed OUAG golf are, are confident as well about uh, being able to, you know, have that success, maybe, like you said, maybe not the level um, on the men's side, but just, like you said, continuing to grow. And uh, so we're looking forward to next season. And Tina, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there any final words or any final thoughts you want to share uh, to the OUAZ fans and uh, to those that are uh, excited for the upcoming golf season? Yeah, um, just that, uh, you know, we're excited about the season coming up. We are going to have our fundraiser again. It'll be on September 7th. Um, at Briarwood Country Club, which is one of our home courses. So look for some information for that. Um, you know, and then we're just, I'm excited. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a strange time. I miss my players um, and I can't wait to have them back. And, and you know, we're going to do that safely and, and responsibly. Uh, but uh, looking forward to, you know, kind of some unfinished business. So uh, it's going to be great motivation for all of us to come back. And, and I know they're excited. I'm excited and I uh, can't wait. Uh, we can't wait either. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. And uh, we hope for or hope that we can talk to you again in the near future. Sounds great. Thank you so much.